Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Thursday, November 11th, 2021. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, Discord floats the idea of incorporating crypto but backs down after a vicious backlash. Apple wants to manage IT for small and medium businesses. YouTube is starting to hide the dislike option. Disney Plus growth is suddenly anemic. And say hello to an NFT band. Like, literally, a bored ape band. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. So a couple of days ago, the CEO of Discord tweeted a picture of what looked like a test of integrating some sort of crypto wallets into Discord. This apparently caused immediate anger in the comments to the tweet and also on Discord and Reddit and other places. So now Discord CEO Jason Citron says Discord has no plans to add crypto or NFT tools to the service. This is puzzling to me, quoting TechCrunch. In a tweet earlier this week, Citron shared an image of crypto wallet MetaMask integrated into Discord's user interface with the text, probably nothing, shorthand language in the NFT space for something that's about to be a big deal. He contextualized the previous tweet Wednesday evening, noting that Discord has, quote, no current plans to integrate crypto wallets into its app. Citron casually shared the screenshot Monday in a reply, not as an official company announcement, But passionate Discord users immediately jumped on the tweet. The company quickly explained that the screenshot was part of a community hack week project and not something around the corner for the social chat app, but the horse had left the barn. Discord users wary of the crypto space quickly encouraged each other to ditch their Nitro subscriptions, Nitro being Discord's paid premium service that helps the platform stay ad-free. As the backlash spread, outraged Discord fans also pointed to a recent poll from the company asking for their thoughts on Web3 and NFTs. While the screenshot was only a pre-release mock-up of what crypto wallet integration might look like, Discord was indeed actively exploring how blockchain technology could complement its existing mission. Now some of that work will go on pause as Discord reevaluates how to best keep its values aligned with the communities that have built bustling home bases on the platform. Some Discord users chalked their strong reactions to Citron's tweet up to the environmental impact of cryptocurrency mining. Others more broadly objected to, quote, NFT bros. But even within Discord's many NFT communities, users expressed concern that integrated crypto wallets would only exacerbate rampant crypto scams on the platform, end quote. So this is what is confusing to me. Isn't Discord one of the places where a lot of NFT community gathers where a lot of the energy in the space is, wouldn't a crypto wallet make a ton of sense on a platform like Discord? Is there civil strife that I was unaware of between crypto folks and other communities online? Perhaps, say, gamers? If so, that is news to me. Do any of you have any intel on this? I hear anecdotally that the Nitro cancellations were no joke, like a number or percentage of cancellations that literally blew Discord management's hair back. Thus, this response from management. But again, 
this feels like some sort of civil conflict between tribes that I was unaware of. Is there a backlash growing against crypto folks in general? Or is there some sort of specific beef between specific tribes? More info, please. Apple has unveiled business essentials for small and medium businesses with device management, iCloud storage, and more, all starting at just $2.99 per month per user and launching in the spring of 2022, quoting 9to5Mac. Apple is introducing a new business offering called Apple Business Essentials that combines device management, 24-7 phone support for IT and end-users, business iCloud storage, and an option for on-site repairs for businesses of up to 500 employees. The free beta period launches today, with the full service coming in the spring of 2022. Apple Business Essentials enable IT departments to configure settings and apps for individual users, groups, or standalone devices. When employees sign into their business or personal device with their work credentials, the collections feature automatically pushes key settings such as VPN configurations and Wi-Fi information. The new Apple Business Essentials app will be installed on each employee's device where they can download corporate app store apps assigned to them. Apple Business Essentials allows access to a dedicated iCloud account for work, providing simple and secure storage, backup, and collaboration on files and documents. IT managers can also enforce vital security settings such as FileVault for full disk encryption on Mac and activation lock to protect company data if the devices are lost or stolen. If employees use a personal device at work, Apple's user enrollment creates cryptographic separation for their work data to keep personal data private while company data remains secure. A new Apple Care Plus for Business Essentials option adds on 24-7 access to phone support for both IT teams and end users and up to two device repairs per plan each year. End users can initiate repairs directly from the new Apple Business Essentials app, and an Apple-trained technician will come on site in as little as four hours to repair devices. Apple Care Plus for Business Essentials is not available during the free beta period. Apple Business Essentials plans enable businesses to cover every employee and device in their organization. Plans can be customized to support each user with up to three devices and up to two terabytes of secure storage in iCloud, starting at $2.99 per month, with optional Apple Care Plus for Apple Business Essentials. Pricing for Apple Care Plus for Business Essentials will be announced later, end quote. That is, by the way, extremely aggressive pricing. More analysis on this move on this weekend's bonus episode in the first 15 minutes of the discussion. The U.S. Department of Justice has sued Uber alleging the company has overcharged riders with disabilities in violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act, quoting Protocol. The U.S. Justice Department said Wednesday it filed a lawsuit against Uber alleging the company charged disabled passengers a wait time fee when they were slow to enter their rides. The fees were part of a broader policy of charging passengers if their ride hadn't begun two minutes after a car arrived for a pickup, but the company violated the Americans with Disabilities Act when it failed to, quote, reasonably modify the policy for passengers who need more time due to disabilities, the Justice Department said. Riders, for instance, might, quote, use a wheelchair or walker that needs to be broken down and stored in the car, while blind Uber users, quote, may need additional time to safely walk from the pickup location to the car itself, end quote. The U.S. is seeking a modification of the policy and training 
on the ADA for both staff and drivers, as well as damages and penalties. Uber said it put in place a new policy last week to waive fees for, quote, any rider who certifies they are disabled, end quote, and that users could dispute the charges. Quote, we fundamentally disagree that our policies violate the ADA, the company said in a statement, end quote. I did not know this, but Lyft apparently settled a similar suit with the DOJ last year. YouTube has begun hiding public dislike counts on videos to keep smaller creators from being targeted by dislike attacks following a test in March. Could this be the first sign that the dislike button is on the way out? Because this is becoming something of a trend across social media. Quoting The Verge. This move isn't out of the blue. In March, YouTube announced that it was experimenting with hiding the public dislike numbers, and individual creators have long had the ability to hide ratings on their videos. But the fact that the dislike counts will be disappearing for everyone, gradually, according to YouTube, is a big deal. Viewers are used to being able to see the like-to-dislike ratio as soon as they click on a video and may use that number to decide whether to continue watching. Now that will no longer be an option, but it could close off a vector for harassment. YouTube says that when it tested hiding dislike numbers, people were less likely to use the button to attack the creator, commenting, I just came here to dislike was seemingly less satisfying when you don't actually get to see the numbers go up. That behavior may still continue to some extent, though, as creators will be able to see the dislike numbers for their own video in YouTube Studio. The company says this still lets well-meaning viewers leave private feedback to content creators or use dislikes to tune the algorithm's video recommendations. Other social networks have given users the option to hide rating metrics, too. Instagram and Facebook famously let you hide like counts if you want to avoid the potential social pressure that comes with having your main measure of success on the platform shown to everyone. It's not exactly a perfect comparison. The number of likes your YouTube video gets will still be public if you leave public ratings on, and Instagram hasn't turned off likes site-wide yet, but it shows a growing concern with what data creators have access to versus what data their audiences have access to." End quote. Whenever I need to do financial research for this show, for instance, during tech earnings season, when I have to analyze how various companies' stocks have been performing, I only ever turn to our sponsor today, Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They are the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insights to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. 
These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months, or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride, collide.com slash ride. Again, as I do every time we do this, I will say it's wild to me that we're covering earnings for Disney, but we have been, and we have to now because there's been a major narrative violation that has occurred. Disney missed its Q4 estimates after slower streaming services growth because Disney Plus added just 2 million subscribers, leading to a grand total of 118 million subscribers. Hulu added only 700,000 subscribers to a total of 39.7 million. And ESPN Plus was better, adding 2.3 million to a total of 17.1 million, quoting The Hollywood Reporter. On the company's quarterly earnings call, CEO Bob Chapek hyped up Disney's long history of using technology to enhance its storytelling and threw in one of the corporate world's latest buzzwords. Quote, suffice it to say, our efforts to date are merely a prologue to a time when we can connect the physical and digital world even more closely in our own Disney metaverse, Chapek said, end quote. Ruh-roh. Joining the metaverse jargon bandwagon, that doesn't sound thirsty at all, does it? Yes, it does. I'm going to answer my own question there. Though one could argue that with their theme parks business, who is really in the business of a metaverse, depending on your definition of what that is, and always has been more than Disney? But look, the story here is the growth of streaming for Disney has basically suddenly hit a wall. That gain of 2.1 million Disney Plus subs was the lowest growth since Disney Plus launched. Though again, devil's advocate, when they launched, their goal was to get to 60 to 90 million subs by 2024. So again, they're way ahead of the game by far. Now, the issue here with these slow growth numbers might just be pipeline-related. There's not a lot of new, exciting content coming to Disney Plus right now. It's not until some quarter next year that Disney Plus will have new movies or shows from all of its major platforms, Star Wars, Marvel, etc. So this might just be a bit of a content lull, as Lance Olenoff tweeted, quote, Existing subscribers have seen all the Star Wars and Marvel movies, and the post-pandemic fresh content pipeline has been a little thin, which is probably made attracting new subscribers a little harder, end quote. Or, or the bear case worry is this. Remember how we still don't know if streaming is a good enough business to replace the sort of business Hollywood used to do? If Disney Plus is plateauing now, if this is as good as it's going to get for Disney for at least a little while, is this enough revenue to keep Disney corporate happy? I'd say analysts are not sure and are a little worried the answer is no right now. Remember, Disney Plus subscribers on average, averaged across the entire cohort of subscribers, pay about one-third of what the average Netflix subscriber pays. 
Finally today, Universal Music Group says it is creating a band, a band called Kingship, out of four Bored Ape Yacht Club NFTs, and plans to feature them in video games, VR, and more. Why? I'll give you one guess, quoting Bloomberg. If that sentence makes you question your sanity or the state of Western civilization, you aren't alone. Universal Music Group is combining two hot digital concepts that you've likely read about in the past year, non-fungible tokens or NFTs, and the metaverse. Thanks to the appreciation of cryptocurrencies and some very famous boosters like Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, both have gone from esoteric to ubiquitous in just a few months. Universal Music, the home to top-selling musicians like Drake and Taylor Swift, is working with collector Jimmy McNellis to convert four of his NFTs into a band called Kingship. Kingship consists of four digital characters, three bored apes and one mutant ape, all part of an NFT collection known as the Bored Ape Yacht Club. The club is one of the most successful NFT stories of the past year. It gave anyone who bought one of the apes full commercial rights to use the image. 10.22 p.m., one of Universal's labels has hired a team of crypto artists and animators to turn the two-dimensional apes into three-dimensional beings. The company will record music for Kingship that it releases on streaming services. The band, in quotes, will perform and participate in video games, virtual reality applications, and across the constellation of digital experiences known as the metaverse. Quote, you can call it an NFT band or think of them as characters, Celine Joshua, the head of 1022, said in an interview this week. The characters will come to life. The apes will come to life, end quote. Joshua and her team are going to create these characters' stories from scratch. They will put together a marketing campaign to introduce the apes to potential fans, explain how they met, and describe who they are. It's just like the way we introduce new artists to the world, she said, end quote. So I wanted to share this to make a point that I don't think I've made before, but maybe I did, so forgive me. The bored apes especially, but a lot of the NFT art in general— Hasn't it struck you that it quite obviously is reminiscent of, looks like, has the aesthetic of Gorillaz? That cartoon band dreamed up by Damon Albarn and Jamie Hewlett back in the late 90s and early aughts? Has anyone done a deep dive on that? Why exactly is the NFT aesthetic mimicking that look from 20 years ago? I've got nothing against it. Just curious why that is the overriding vibe for NFTs. Maybe it's just a generational thing. Crypto kids today remember this look from their childhoods. Again, if anyone has any insight on this, I'm all ears. That's all for today. Talk to you tomorrow. No, I haven't started writing down song lyrics or movie quotes to use here yet. If you have any favorites, tweet them at me, and I'll use it and credit you if I use it. Talk to you tomorrow.